You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. We've got a heck of a good show going on today. We guarantee. Remember that, Joe? Gar- we guarantee. guarantee. Yeah. <laughs> that, I believe that was from Louisiana, the cook or whatever his name was. May I take the plug out of the jug now? You, you can take the plug out of the jug. we got Bill Nichols on uh, line. He's, he's raring to go to tell us about his museum. And uh, we appreciate you all tuning in. We appreciate. I wanted to mention. Uh, it's uh, was it Don? Is it Don Hands or John Hands? Don Hands. Yeah. Jay. Yeah. Jay. 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 Okay. Anyway, uh, we we appreciate him sending it. his museum is in uh, Mississippi, Gulfport, Mississippi, and we had him on a couple of three or four weeks ago, and he was very kind and sent us a uh, thank you note, and we do appreciate that, and we also appreciate the number of listeners that we have that are listening either as we do this every Saturday or they tune in to our podcast. And uh, I want to thank everybody. We're going to be in and out for the next couple of weeks uh, over Christmas and uh, and New Year's. But I want to thank everybody that has tuned into this show and our 38, 37, 38 other uh, shows that we do here uh, during the year or, or every week uh, all year long. And uh, we have had the most podcasts downloaded. Uh, it's just been an incredible number this year, and we uh, we do appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate our sponsors of the shows, like J.C. Taylor for this show and uh, all the other sponsors that uh, help keep us on the air, and we feel like we're providing a, a service, and we do appreciate it. So with all that being said, uh, I'm going to turn the show over like I normally do. I have one question that I ask, and I'll ask it a little bit later in the show, but um, that's the only car question that uh, Steve and Jim let me ask, so I'll, I'll be asking that uh, after a while. But at this point, I'm going to turn it over to Steve and Jim, and uh, welcome Bill Nichols to uh, America's Web Radio. Good morning, Bill. Uh, hey, Bill? Yes, uh-huh. Hi, this is Steve. How are you doing? Oh, just fine, Steve. Yeah, I, you told you I, I, I collect cars, but the interesting thing, I've got your little thing you sent us, is uh, um, about the Tuckers. I was just at AACA headquarters in Hershey. Uh, I'm on the national awards team, and we, we uh, give out our national awards, and they just have the CAMAC collection just opened up there. at the? Uh, yes, I'm. Mm-hmm. Have you been there to see it? No, I haven't, but uh, Preston Tucker's grandson, uh, John Tucker, uh, he's on our board at our museum, and uh, he attended uh, uh, and uh, reported back to us about, about the new uh, Tucker Museum in Pennsylvania. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. We don't have a real Tucker, but we... Uh, yeah, we that's have... interesting. I, I, Car, you should... Yeah, tell me about... Tell us about that, that, that Tucker. Well, wait, wait a second. Before we get started, go any further. Jim... What museum, or Bill, I mean, what museum are we talking about? Bill's Museum. 
We, we are. Yeah, it's the Lanny Automotive Heritage Museum. Uh, Bill's, Lanny, Museum. Bill's Museum. Okay, we've renamed your museum, Bill's okay. Museum. I'm, yeah, yeah we, we re, really pre-rehearsed this show, Bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we about, get up. We get up. Yeah, that's yeah. about And at their age and my age, we're lucky that we get up, period. But anyway. Uh, I'm right there with you guys. So one more time, the museum is... Yeah, Ypsilanti Automotive Heritage Museum. It's in Ypsilanti, Michigan, about 30 miles uh, west of Detroit, right on I-94. Quickly, uh, we're going we're gonna to put it up on our website or on our camera in a minute, but uh, uh, how can people, as, as we're doing the show today, how can they go to your website and take a look at it as we're talking to you? Yeah, it's uh, uh, www.ypsilantiautoheritage.com. Ipsy Auto Heritage, one word, starts with Y-P-S-I-A-U-T-O-H-E-R-I-T-A-G-E dot org. Okay. And uh, with that being said, now we'll start the show. All right. Sounds good. This is this is Bill? Yes. <laughs> From Bill's Museum. Yes. From Bill's Museum. Okay. Yeah, but that was a cool thing about your, your, your talk. Hey, by the way, you aren't considered a youper, are you? No, no, no. We're 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 one of the uh, uh, what do they call them? They live under the bridge. Uh, uh, homeless. <laughs> yeah, homeless. Yeah. Well, the Upers. Uh, remember uh, the Billy Goat Gruff story? Uh, and it's uh, I forget the word that they describe as the the the, the critters that live under the bridge. Well, the Upers call us those. Oh. Because we live under the Mackinac Bridge that crosses. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. The Upers are the guys from the Upper Peninsula of yeah. Michigan. They're funny. They have a they have a good good website up there. The Upers. Yeah. Yeah, it's really kind of. Funny. But anyway, back to the real stuff. Uh, the 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 fiberglass tucker is kind of an interesting interesting deal. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <clears throat> yeah, uh, apparently when they made the movie, uh, there weren't enough of the real tuckers available. So um, uh, the producers of the movie uh, uh, bought a Ford chassis and uh, made a fiberglass mock-up. They did two of them, three of them, I think, uh, a fiberglass mock-up, uh, and it actually rolled off the assembly line in the movie, and you really believed it was real. Um, and it actually drove down the street uh, with the... Uh, uh, with Preston Tucker driving it in the movie. We had one visitor come to the museum, though, and said he knew that wasn't a real Tucker. He said, because he looked at it driving down the street at nighttime, and the Cyclops headlight in the middle of it, uh, when the car turned, the Cyclops headlight did not turn with the car. Oh. So he knew when he saw the movie, that was a fake. <laughs> <laughs> well, how close are you to Preston Tucker's home? Yeah, we're only about four blocks uh, from... Uh, from Preston Tucker's home. Uh, Preston Tucker, uh, as an uh, adult, moved here in Ypsilanti with his wife and actually lived in his in-laws uh, just about four blocks from us. He did all of his engineering work here in Ypsilanti. Um, when uh, he uh, accumulated enough money, he was, like like several people during World War II, made a lot of money during the war doing war work. And at the end of the war, uh, he wanted to use that money to build a car. Uh, so he did his engineering work here, but then he bought a war plant in Chicago uh, in an attempt to uh, uh, start his, uh, his his business. Uh, you know, as everybody knows, he was successful to the extent of 51 cars, and uh, and uh, then I think he sort of ran out of money uh, and uh, you know a little bit of pressure from the big three, but uh, uh, between those two items, uh, uh, ran out of, ran out of gas. Yeah, that that's a shame because he was way ahead of time. 
And he had yes. he had a bunch of dealers signed up. I remember, oh my gosh, back in the early seventies, being in Traverse City, and there was a used car dealer up there that had the Tucker franchise, and he still had some Tucker memorabilia up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was nicely done. Um, you mentioned arsenals of democracy in your email to us, and have you read the book Arsenals of Democracy that AJ Bain just put out? Yes, I did. Yes, it's an excellent book. I uh, I was uh, I'm a Ford guy, and I uh, uh, grew up with a Ford family in in Dearborn, and uh, I never really understood the extent that Ethel Ford. Uh, played in, in the uh, building of our B-24 plants here in Ypsilantia. Yeah, an outstanding book. Very, very well done. Yeah, and uh, I, I just finished it, and I'm going to give it to everyone I know just to make sure that they do read it, and Steve included, except he's going to have A lot to, of pictures? Yeah, and you have to turn the pages in this one. It's no, not I can't. Book. Not an e-reader? No, it's not, not an, an e-book. e-reader. No. So, <laughs> but, but it is an incredible book, and a lot of people don't realize the uh, role Epsilani has played in uh, not only the automobiles, uh, but in that whole area of Michigan. And I remember when the Battlebirds were built there. You remember yeah, the, the, Battle, the Battlebirds were the two racing Thunderbirds when Ford decided to go racing, when Duntoff decided he was going to build the SS Corvettes. And, uh-huh. and Andy Houghton, Houghton Industries there built the Battlebirds. Uh-huh. Yeah. I didn't. I'm not familiar with that story. I know Andy. He is. Uh, you know, we have the Yankee Air Museum that's uh, right. uh, affiliated with what was the bomber plant, and uh, Andy is. Uh, uh, what his position is, but he's, uh, you know, uh, one of the uh, people who founded it and uh, uh, continues to run the Yankee Air Museum. Yeah. Well, that's it. I didn't realize Andy was still alive, but that, yeah, that's no, he here. is. And as a matter of fact, I was just at a program the other day. You know, the whole bomber plant that was built with Hetzel Ford and Roosevelt in 1941, right. uh, at the time it was the largest factory under one roof in the world, and as of now, it just completely got demolished. It's absolutely leveled. And oh. he just gave a program on uh, on the demolition of the plant uh, uh, just this past week. Uh, yeah, I, I thought they tried to save some sections of that. Well, the Yankee Air Museum bought... Um, the, the factory was uh, was an L-shaped factory, uh, and uh, at at the bottom of the L was the uh, outlet where the bombers rolled off the assembly line. And the Yankee Air Museum bought that for $5 million, uh, and so that section of it survives. Um, but the rest of it uh, uh, is just completely demolished, and uh, it's really a significant part of American history, but... Uh, uh, it, it had too much contaminants, contamination in that to make it useful for a, a factory nowadays. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. All right, well, we really need to talk about your museum, Bill's Car Museum, I guess is what we're going to call it. Yeah. But, uh, tell us, first of all, what do you have on display besides the Tucker yeah. In- information? Yeah, we're, we're kind of unique. You know, many car museums that you go to have a <clears throat> sort of an eclectic collection of cars. Uh, our focus is on our local history, and uh, as we started our conversation, uh, it, it really began, uh, the major part of our history began with the construction of the bomber plant in uh, World War II, which was quickly followed by uh, 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 Joseph uh, Frazier and uh, uh, 
Kaiser going together and creating Kaiser Fraser uh, at the end of World War II. And at the end of World War II, there's a big demand for cars and opportunities for people who had money to, to start car companies. So Kaiser Fraser took over the bomber plant from uh, uh, 1945 to 1953 uh, and built two generations of Kaiser Fraser cars. And so we have a major display of, uh, of, uh, of the Kaisers and Frasers, including a, a Kaiser Darren. Uh, there were only 400 and 35 of them built a, a little fiberglass sport car. Yeah, with the sliding doors. Right. Yep, yep, right. So, so that was unique. That was the thing that uh, caught the attention of them, the sliding doors. Uh, um, and so Kaiser Fraser is one of our major stories. Uh, and then uh, because Preston Tucker grew up here in Ypsilanti, and his grandson's on our, our board, who has contributed a lot of Tucker memorabilia uh, to our display, uh, is our second major story. And then in uh, 1953, uh, uh, General Motors Hydromatic was in Livonia, Michigan, uh, and their plant burned to the ground. Um, and it was a sole provider of hydromatic transmissions. So they uh, uh, needed a factory right then. They didn't have time to build a factory. Uh, so they convinced Kaiser Fraser to leave what was originally our bomber plant. And General Motors took over the complex in 1953. And uh, they did two things there. The, the, the first impetus was to uh, uh, build hydromatic transmissions, which they did. Uh, until uh, 2010, uh, and uh, uh, we have a display of every hydromatic ever built in our museum for that uh, aspect of our local history. And they also built an assembly plant that started off as a, a Fisher Body Chevrolet division, and uh, they did Chevrolet Corvairs from uh, uh, 1960 to 69. And there were two generations of, of uh, Corvairs that we that we have on display. So it's. Uh, we're Kaiser Fraser, uh, we're Tucker, uh, we're uh, General Motors, both Hydromatic and uh, General Motors Assembly, the Corvair. Uh, the Corvair, when it uh, uh, was discontinued in 69, uh, the plant became a General Motors Assembly division, and they assembled a variety of GM cars, uh, which we have on display. Um, so it's uh, Kaiser Fraser, Tucker, General Motors. And then uh, the real reason why our, our museum survives is... Uh, uh, we have a, a local Hudson dealership that <clears throat> started off as really Dodge in 1916 and became a Hudson dealership in 33 and continued in Hudson until Hudson went out of business in 57. Then the son of the proprietor uh, continued by buying up Hudson parts from closed dealerships and continued as, as a Hudson dealership and became known as the world's last Hudson dealership. Uh, until we became a museum in 1996. So a fourth story is uh, uh, our, our Hudson story. Um, and just in the past year, we partnered with the uh, uh, Hudson Essex Terraplane Historical Society uh, to create, which uh, is now the, the National Hudson Museum, and, and have a display of Hudson's beginning in 1909 when Hudson was founded to uh, uh, the last Hudson produced in 1957. Uh, so we try to cover all, all five decades of, of Hudson. Pretty cool. Yeah, that, that's yeah. neat. And I, a, I was cool at, the at the dealership at one time. You were? Well, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh -huh. A long, long yeah, time ago. Uh, I have friends that live in Ypsilanti. He used to date Mr. Hudson's daughter. Granddaughter. Oh. Yeah, the granddaughter. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the daughter was to <laughs> her mother. Her mother, yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, don't we have to... Pay for this show so oh, yeah. we can get our checks. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back after a break. Bill, stick with us, and All we'll right. be right back. Okay. Hi, Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. 
just talking to you about antique car insurance, I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Hi, I'm Ray Bowman, hoping you'll join us each Friday at noon for our new show, Food and Farm, brought to you by FeedStuffsFoodLink.com, only on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And you're listening to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio with Steve Ronaldo, Jim Weber, and our special guest, Mr. Bill Nichols, today. And we'll get back to Jim and Steve. Uh, Mr. Ronaldo, I turn the mic over to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think this sounds like a very interesting, interesting place, and I like the the uh, emphasis on local history. Um, what's interesting is that there is so much in that area that allows you to do that. I, I'm just sitting here listening. I never knew most of this stuff that uh, you have in, in, in just one small area. Everybody thinks of Detroit, uh, but I think you guys have a great story to tell up in that area of all of the involvement um, uh, with this stuff. The Hudson part, I think, is really interesting to me, too, as well. Uh, th- was there a connection between the Dodge Brothers and, and uh, Hudson Cars? Is that how they sort of got hooked up with, according to what, you're, what you were saying? You know, as far as I know, Dodge and Hudson are pretty, pretty independent. Uh, you know, Dodge has a huge connection with Ford Motor Company, but uh, um, I-, I guess... Eventually, uh, you know, when you look at the genealogy of the industries, uh, uh, Hudson eventually ends up being part of Chrysler Corporation, but that wasn't until, you know, the latter part of the 20th century. But uh, in the early days, I, I think Dodge and, uh, and Hudson were pretty uh, pretty much uh, not related to each other, although it is possible Dodge Brothers might have done some sure. very work for, for Hudson in the early days. Yeah, like they did for Henry and his yeah, uh, right. his mm-hmm. stuff. That's a good story by itself, too. Anyway, yeah. um, the Kaisers. I, I, I've i seen some of those at ACA National Meets, the ones with the sliding doors, the Darrens, which are probably the most famous. The other one, there's a couple other Kaisers. You might even have one. There was one that ha- sort of a woody-looking thing. Yep, we got a couple of them on display. Yeah, that it slid the box in or something in the back. Sort of. A- yeah, uh, one of the uh, both Kaiser and Fraser had a line like that. It, it really was the precursor to uh, what we now know as a hatchback. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, it was called a traveler. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. Uh, and it, it really was a sedan, <clears throat> uh, but the, the whole rear section of the sedan uh, was the hatchback that opened up, and uh, it, uh, it had a, 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 a you know, very decorative uh, uh, wood floor, uh, you know, really, a, really something that uh, was early for its times. Uh, yeah, both Kaiser and the Fraser line had a, a car like that. Uh, in the case of Kaiser, it was called Traveler. Yeah, well, and and 
Kaisers were very stylish cars in the 50s. And Boy, I, they really came out, you know, they, they were not burdened with... Uh, uh, with dyes left over from uh, 1941, they they had to start scratch, and uh, uh, that was that was an advantage for them because their cars were much much more stylish than General Motors, Ford, or Chrysler cars that uh, that used uh, pre-war uh, dyes and pre-war designs. Yeah. Uh, their, um, down, their downfall was that they uh, didn't have the <clears throat> excuse me the engineering to uh, and the money to to. Uh, uh, to design a V8, and by the time that uh, uh, the immediate demand was fulfilled after World War II uh, to be competitive with the big three, they, they didn't come out with uh, V8s, which became popular in the early 50s with, with uh, General Motors and, and, and Ford and Chrysler. Uh, and that um, something that discouraged uh, their sales, and eventually their, uh, their sales plummeted. They, they did try to, to encourage their sales by... Um, Designing a, a compact car called the Jet, uh, uh, but that yes. was not enough to, to survive them. Yeah, were they always? You said well, that, that, Excuse me. That, no, that, that, that was a, that was Hudson. The Henry was, J. They came out. Henry, Henry J. J. Yeah. yeah, that's an odd-looking little car. Well, and the Allstate because Sears sold them too. Really? That's yeah. right. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. You could go to a Sears store and buy a Henry J. and it was badged as an Allstate. Yeah, really? that's right. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know. Sears has sold everything, I guess. Darn right. Uh, were they always together, or were they separate car companies and just sort of how things happened ended up together? Now you're talking about uh, uh, Kaiser and Fraser? Yeah, Kaiser and Fraser. Yeah. Uh, no, they were founded together. Uh, Joe Fraser was a car guy from Detroit, and uh, Henry Kaiser was a, a boat builder from Washington State. And actually, in the beginning, they had sort of a, a disagreement on where they should locate uh, and uh, Fraser said, "Well, we had to be where the where the car industry was, so they came to Detroit." Um, but uh, that that partnership of uh, Henry Kaiser and Joseph Fraser kind of dissolved in uh, the early fifties. And uh, Kaiser was the money guy; he had tons and tons of money. Multi industries. Uh, the Kaiser Aluminum is you know is named after him, and uh, so he was the money guy. And uh, uh, he eventually prevailed, and the Fraser line was dropped in the early fifties, and it just became Kaiser. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, they were in the beginning. They were together until their, their partnership dissolved. Oh, okay. Because you see, you see cars, and you go to AACA National Meets, you'll see, uh, you'll see Kaisers, and that's all it says is Kaiser. It doesn't say. I, I don't remember seeing a car with a Fraser on it. Yeah, there were. They were bulbous four-door sedans. Is about the best way to describe it, wouldn't you say, Bill? Yeah, well, they, they had two generations, and uh, the bodies of both Kaiser and Fraser were the same bodies. Um, Fraser was the upscale line over Kaiser, uh, but because uh, uh, the partnership dissolved and there were no Frasers after the, I think it was 1951, might have been the last Fraser, and they stayed in production in 52 and 53. Uh, but then it was only Kaisers that were sold. There were no Frasers sold. So, you know, Kaiser was the lower price line. And because it was a lower price line, many more of them were sold than Frasers. So you don't see a lot of Frasers around uh, because of the pricing, but also because Frasier uh, uh, was discontinued, uh, I think it was 51. I think you're right on that. <clears throat> was, didn't they have a hot rod car called a Dragon? Yeah, you know. Uh, Boy, you're really Yeah, you bring back. that up, and I think you're right. Uh, uh, we don't have a Dragon on display. Uh, Uh-oh. That's, 
It's on your list. Yeah, all right, we'll put it on. <laughs> but I remember seeing they was that was supposed to be the the hot rod car. Well, uh, you know, I don't know too much about that. Uh, uh, I do know the Kaiser Darren, the little sports car. See, Kaiser Fraser had a little trouble with engines. They they uh, used Continental sixes most of the time, um, and even when they uh, uh, built this little sports car, it was a six-cylinder engine car. And some people, uh, took, I think, at the end of the production of the of the Darren, uh, they actually put Cadillac V8s in a couple of them. Um, but uh, I don't know much about the Dragon. I, uh, it was a weird... I've seen a couple of them going to the AACA National Meets that I do. It's a real odd-looking car, small sedan, a little bigger maybe than Henry J. But if I remember right, it had a six with with two, two or three carburetors yeah, on yeah, it. But it was the old Continental 6 that was in it. Yeah, I don't know that much about it. But I, I always thought, what a weird, wild-looking car. I mean, it was really cool-looking. Yeah, I, you're right, though. It was Henry J. based, if I remember correctly. So so that's on your Christmas list, is a Kaiser Dragon. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yep, sounds good. Now, so, you, you know what else you need in the museum? You need a 53 Oldsmobile with a Dynaflow transmission. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with... That's what the they closest put thing in. we have of that, we do have a chassis um, that uh, is uh, uh, has the first hydromatic in it and an Oldsmobile uh, uh, engine in it. That uh, the whole assembly was built uh, when the first hydromatic was ever built in in uh, 1939. Uh, wow. So we do have that on display, but we don't have the body of the Oldsmobile on top of it. <laughs> well, the only reason why I say that is I remember as a kid. Some friends of my parents had a 53 Oldsmobile, and the guy always complained that he had a Dynaflow transmission instead of a hydromatic in it because of the plant burning. And I guess they built some. They went to the Buick division and got some of their Dynaflow transmissions, and he always said it was like stepping on a tube of toothpaste when you floored it. Yes, uh-huh. Yeah. Not a real stormer, huh? No, not a real stormer. No. <laughs> no. I, I never... you know, that's one of the unique stories is, is that you know, General Motors divisions were uh, somewhat independent, and uh, the Dynaflow, <clears throat> you know, was different than the Hydromatic. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, it, I guess it was built more because Buick was considered a luxury brand and it had to have a smoother shift. And, you okay. know, uh, you, you'd put a Hydromatic in Super and you could win half the drag races in town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. with that. So, um Hudson, so have you moved the museum, the dealership museum, into your museum, or does it still exist in town? Well, the the, uh, the Hudson dealership was, you know, actually the construction of the Hudson dealership goes back to uh, uh, before it was ever a car dealership in the late 1800s. So it is you know, really a pretty historic building in addition to being what we call the last Hudson dealership. It's a pretty historic building. Right. But what happened is, is we had two uh, wealthy Ypsilanians, and when we were founded, they bought a postal building that was uh, a little bit east of the Hudson dealership, uh, and they uh, uh, constructed a, a, a building that connected the Hudson dealership with this postal building. So our, our complex has really set three sections to it. The old Hudson dealership, uh, the new construction, and the old postal building. So the Hudson dealership is uh, uh, features our National Hudson Museum, and the new construction in the middle is really our Kaiser Fraser display and our Tucker display. 
and then what was the old postal building is our is our, our General Motors Corvair Hydromatic uh, uh, GMAD display. Wow, so, wow! That I, I mean, this is incredible. And and when you think about Ypsilanti and uh, in the next segment, I would like to talk about there was a sports car dealership there called Sports Cars Ypsilanti. Yeah, that was boy, run, you know a lot about Ypsilanti. It was run by a gentleman named Tom Payne, and I think he ran for Congress or something. And he was elect, he was an elected guy for a long time, and he was also a famous sports car racer. And well, you know some history I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll share it with you. But all I want, right, I want you to tell us now. Uh, let, let's talk about Corvairs too, because. Time for the break. Oh, we're going to do yeah, a break? Yeah. All right. Well, when we come back from break, we'll talk about Corvairs. Sounds good. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Hi, I'm Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, talking to you about antique car insurance. Uh, in this hobby uh, that I've been part of for years, not all insurance companies and insurance coverage is the same. I would suggest that you call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com to find out some information about some of the best antique car insurance you can get, such as agreed value. Uh, insurance for your classic car. Again, if you're when you get ready to to uh, insure your classic classic antique or even your street ride, call JC Taylor Insurance or visit jctaylor.com. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, enjoying every second of this with Bill Nichols and uh, Jim Weber and Steve Ronaldo, and back to Jim and Steve, Steve and Jim. Yeah, before you get into the Corvairs, which is a long story, I, yeah, I saw your, little, your deal about the, the soapbox derby. Does that have a connection with with your town, or is that just this one particular guy? Well, yeah, it's just one particular guy. Actually, it's it's me. I uh, um, my my brother died uh, a year ago, and he uh, his son raced the soapbox derby racer that I originally built in 1950, and it was stored in his garage. Wow! And. Uh, uh, my smoke. nephew called me and says, "Hey, Uncle Bill, we got this uh, soapbox derby. You and I raced. Uh, uh, what do you want to do with it?" And I says, "Well, you know, I really don't want to bring it home and put it in my garage to have my kid take care of it." Uh, so I asked my colleagues at the car museum uh, uh, if uh, I didn't tell them it was my car. I just told them, "Hey, I've got access to a uh, soapbox derby racer that uh, 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 that 
could be donated to the museum, and they thought it would be a good idea. So, uh, and then I told them it was my car that I originally built. Uh, so we have it on display, and and what it is really uh, used for uh, is is when when kids uh, come to the museum. Uh, it's mom and dad or grandma and grandpa bring kids, uh, little kids, to the museum. Uh, we make sure the little kids get to sit in it and. Uh, and uh, uh, they get quite a thrill of it, and mom and dad and grandpa and grandpa always take pictures of them. Uh, so th that's kind of the use of it. But Ypsilanti also did have a soapbox derby in the 1950s. Uh, uh, we're right along a river, and there's a, a major hill that on each side of the river, and hills on each side of the river that one of the hills was used as a track back in the 1950s. Yeah. Bill, I I've got to add something to this soapbox do derby story. Uh, one, if you recall, I, I assume it was nationally, as far as I know, sponsored by Chevrolet. Right. And that's where you, had to, yes. where you had to go get it. I had a soapbox derby, and I put a 12.5 horsepower Wisconsin engine on it. Belt driven. Now, the one thing that the soapbox derbies never really had adequately was braking abilities. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I put this engine on it. I had... Uh, a big pulley welded on one of the wheels, on the back wheels, and I'd cut out the back of it so I could fit my uh, my Wisconsin engine on it. That little sucker would fly. The problem was the steering was limited and the stopping yep. was non-existent. Yep. You had to take. I had to take my hand off the throttle, and then I finally uh, built a. a, a like the like they use on on wagons almost uh, back in the old days covered wagons and everything. I built a put a two by four with a rubber heel boot on it, and that's what I'd hold down to stop the car. But uh, it would fly. It would fly. And uh, I, I remember going to the soapbox derby. I guess we all did. Yeah, I had a soapbox derby yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, I had a soapbox derby car. And uh, that you know. I'm sorry, but kids are missing on that. I don't even think they do it. These well, how big was the memory of yours? Mine was an 18 gig. Yeah, so far, <laughs> Derby is still going. Is it? Uh, yeah, they still have the national finals in Akron, uh, but uh, the, you know, I don't know if it's just an Ohio thing. I, I know uh, there is. I'm not aware of any total. They do it here. Record. Do they? Yeah, they do. There's a soapbox derby here. I didn't know that. Why don't you sponsor a car? Well, we yeah. might just do that. Yeah, but it's going to take it out of our salary. Yeah, I'll take uh -huh. it out. Of, yeah. Why? <laughs> well, you're all over the salary. Every every show, you have to mention how much you don't get paid. Yes. You know, maybe you're getting paid what you're worth. That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> anyway, let's get right. back to Bill. Yeah. Bill's museum. Let's talk about Corvairs, Bill. Uh, oh, I, I, yeah, I want to talk about him too. The Spider. Yeah, the Monza Spider. Yeah, yeah, the turbo car. Yeah, it's the best-sounding Porsche in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, we we have our two generations. You know, there are two generations of Corvairs, uh, uh, 60 to uh, 64 and 65 to 69. Uh, and we have both generations on display. We have one special uh, uh, Corvair. Uh, we actually uh, partner with the Corvair Club, and they have brought us uh, uh, Corvair display items uh, one of which is a, uh, a second-generation Corvair that uh, was on uh, display in the, in the New York uh, uh, World's Fair, uh, which is a really a, a custom Corvair. Uh, it has features on it that were never part of, uh, of uh, production uh, Corvairs. What, what, one of the really interesting things we have, and this is from our partnership with the Corvair Club, uh, is, is drawings that are uh, 
prototype drawings uh, done by uh, Chevrolet Design uh, that uh, uh, actually have features uh, that when they were General Motors was thinking about Corvair, uh, that you see features of Corvair that got eventually produced in these drawings, but you also see features of, of, of many of the other uh, 1960 General Motors cars, and it's, they make a pretty interesting display of uh, Chevrolet design drawings. We also have a Corvair on display that uh, set the last speed record for its class at, at Bonneville, too. Um, so, um, yeah, we have a pretty, pretty complete display of, of, of Corvairs because it's a major part of our, of our local history. Oh, it is. And do you remember Bill Mitchell built a Monza Spider? I, I think it was red and then it was silver. And I wonder whatever happened to that. It was a GM show car for a long time. No, I, I don't know any history on that. Uh, I can't help you on that one. Yanko had the Stingers. And Yanko had, had the, the Stingers. stingers. Yeah, yeah, a friend of stingers. mine raced them. Yeah, those yeah. Stingers. Yeah. So, and that that car was very successful. Yes, it was them. very successful in its group. Yeah. And that was the later yeah. body. It was not the earlier one. It was the 65 to 69. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the swoopier one, right. not the square one. Right. Um the Bonneville car was a square one, wasn't it, Bill? The sixty sixty four. Yeah, yeah. The, the early Corvair was more was squarish. Yeah. Second generation Corvair was very stylish. You know, nice, clean, flowing lines. And uh, do, do you have one of the delivery vans with that side door that, that folds, folds down? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, we don't. Uh, that uh, that uh, body style was not really built in Ypsilanti. For that reason, I. I guess a couple reasons. We don't have a, 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 a lot of room to, to squeeze another Corvair in, uh, but also it wasn't built in Ypsilanti. Uh, okay. My memory's right. I think it was built in Jackson, uh, Jackson, Michigan. Right. Uh, all right. Well, but they they built all the others there, didn't they? Yeah, they built the rest of the Corvairs were built in Ypsilanti, except the Corvair van. Okay. Because there was a two-door sedan, a four-door sedan, a station wagon. I'm in the 60-64 body range The now. square ones. The square ones. And then, in the later one, there was only a two-door coupe. Yeah, correct. Right. Yeah. Six yeah, and the early ones didn't they have the gear shifter came out of the dashboard? Yeah, when you yeah. sit into it, you think, "Where the heck yeah. do I yeah. shift?" Yeah, yeah, it's a little 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 thing that sticks yeah. out of the. Yeah. How weird was that? I remember that now. Boy, this is scary. He's reviving fond memories. So you have fond memories of a gear shift? Well, what can I tell you? <laughs> uh, we don't want to go there. We're, we're, we're too young. A friend of mine had a spider, and, and the few times that it snowed in Lubbock, Texas, more than an inch, uh, we went out in his spider, and that car was more fun, could go anywhere in the snow. We had about six, seven inches of snow, and uh he came by, picked me up at the house, and we went out and donuts. We did, we did it all. And there no other cars on the road, basically, other than uh, his his white spider with the red interior. Looked, <laughs> looked like looks like somebody mixed up the spider with a vet or something, you know, because <laughs> the coloration was all the same as the old vets. Yeah, but it was. Uh, yes, they were cool cars. Oh, they were and yeah. fun and and. Uh, and I don't know of a, of, a, of a Carver today, or back then, actually. They all had one thing in common. They all had an oil leak. Well, they were air-cooled. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and, uh, and every yeah. one of them, had, it wasn't a big leak. 
Just a little drip. Just, yeah, and that goofy fan belt issue yes. that yeah. never, made, never, never went away. Yeah. Um, we, we are, uh, on May 14th in 2015, uh, uh, we are having a Corvair event at our museum. Uh, the name of the event is called Meet the Makers. And uh, uh, we have a, a, a volunteer at the museum who's been interviewing uh, all the people who work uh, uh, for the Chevrolet Corvair plant in, in the 1960s. Oh, that's interviewing, cool. yeah. interviewing wow. Interviewing their history, interviewing their work history, and they're, they're all coming back uh, on May 14th for an event, and it'll be a, a, a more Corvairs on display and a, um, you know, a program on, on the history of Corvair. Um, that's May 14th. So an unusual day is on Thursday. And why would you have an event on Thursday? Well, the uh, uh, the people who are putting it on here at our museum, uh, uh, it's, it's the date of the, the last uh, Corvair produced at, at General Motors Willow Run. Really? Wow. That You know, that's incredible, the way you've done that. I like that idea, and I like your soapbox derby where you put the youngster in it and yep. take the picture. What other activities uh, have you had going on at your museum? Well, let me follow up on uh, putting the kids in, the, in our soapbox derby racer. Um, the other thing that, that we really have to appeal to kids is is uh, uh, we have a Hudson race car uh, from the 1950s right? uh, that was actually owned by Herb Thomas. Uh, he never raced this particular car, but it was owned by Herb Thomas, uh, and it's... Uh, Painted up like like Herb Thomas's uh, uh, race car, and uh, you know we call it Doc Hudson from the movie Cars. Right. Yeah. Paul Newman. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So the kids often come to our museum to see Doc Hudson, and you know we get him in our soapbox derby racer, and um, and uh, as long as we kind of check out the kids, and if they look like uh, pretty responsible kids, we say, Hey, would you like to sit in Doc Hudson? And their eyes light up, and, uh, <laughs> ah, and I love so it. We, we sit yeah. in Doc Hudson too, and. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, those two things we, we do that uh, are, are, are appealing for kids. A major event that we sponsor is, uh, and it's really an outgrowth of our Hudson heritage, is this Northern Car Show. Um, and every September we, we, we invite all the uh, orphan, the cars that have been orphaned by their parent companies, uh, you know, Hudson, Studebaker, uh, Packard, uh, uh, and, and any of the... Uh, uh, so sometimes we get a Stutz Bearcat and a, a variety of different uh, orphan cars, and that's in September. It's a, uh, our, our major event that is is a car show kind of event that, that we sponsor at our car museum. Um, do you get a Will St. Clair? Yeah, sure. Yep, yep. We get them once in a while too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. that's great because we interviewed the guy that at the Will St. Clair Museum or yeah, collection. Yeah. Bill, let me ask you a question. I just you, this is this so uh, odd because I was just at the National Awards meeting, and we have a National Award trophy that we give for, if you will, orphan cars. Oh and, yeah, yeah, we do for the best uh, best of the orphan cars that show up at an AACA National Meet during the year. Uh-huh. And this question came up about an MG. Uh-huh. MG went away in 1980, just totally left. But now the car again is being produced, the same symbol, the same everything. So the contention was that MG is not an orphan car. 
Yeah. And it was a good discussion. It was a really good discussion. And also uh, some of the other cars, the names have come back. What, what's your yep. thought on that? Just just, just for whatever, because you're involved in something. What, what do hey, you think? we have that same problem, and we have that same long discussion. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, uh, it's, 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 it's uh, occasionally one of the discussions is kind of associated with uh, – um, with uh, Chrysler, you know, for a period of time, Chrysler built uh, the Imperials that had a separate brand on it. It wasn't called Chrysler Imperial; it was just Imperial. You know, so they're clearly uh, eligible because the Chrysler doesn't build an Imperial anymore. But uh, yeah, I guess our, our decision on it would be that if the company now is a completely reorganized company and has no direct financial connection to the old company, uh, and we'd consider the old company uh, cars with the old company badges on them uh, orphans. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I agree. That would be a sort of our defining I, thing. Yeah, I, I just can't see C- Cecil Kimber living outside of Beijing. No, I can't. No. Bill, <laughs> uh, we've got to take another quick break. We'll be back with Bill Nichols, Steve, and Jim right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And you're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, and we want to point out the fact that we're doing this. We do. We interview a number of museums. We've interviewed them now for the last seven, eight months, and uh, we'll continue to uh, interview and the different museums around the country and if uh, you are listening and you're the curator or director of a museum and you'd like to be on the classic car show uh, just give me a call or drop me an email david at america's web radio and we'll be glad to uh, schedule you in uh, in 2015 by the way bill uh, the, the two geniuses that we have here that have dirty fingernails and have worked on cars all their lives they let me ask one very, oh, very technical That's it. That's it. How many? <laughs> we've talked. We've asked this uh, of many museums. Now, how many weddings have you had recently in your museum? How many funerals? Funny <laughs> that you would ask that question. We we had our first recent uh, a wedding just uh, early in November. Uh, we. Uh, took our old Hudson Garage, uh, which is part of our National Hudson Museum, and because uh, it really has quite an atmosphere to it. I mean, it, you know, it's, it has the atmosphere of something originally old, 
And uh, that was really <laughs> the thing that appealed to this couple to come and be married into our, in our museum. So just one of them in, in, the, in recent history. Well, maybe this will spur many on to uh, take their nuptials in, in your museum in the future. Do you have uh, banquet facilities or, or facilities for uh, meetings? Yes, and for so small forth? groups. We, we probably can't accommodate, uh, you know, we can accommodate up to 50 people. So, uh, yeah, we do have events, uh, uh, but we have to kind of limit it to uh, a rough, roughly 50 people. Uh, yeah, we move cars out to accommodate that. And uh, uh, actually, our... our uh, May 14th event, which is our Corvair Day, uh, we were expecting probably uh, oh, 100 plus people, and we're going to have to move out a few more cars to accommodate that. But yeah, no, we, uh, like many museums, um, uh, financing is, uh, is always a challenge, and it's uh, uh, try all the different kind of ways to, uh, to help uh, finance museums, and uh, one of which is, is holding events. Yeah, we do that. Okay, so I've got your website up on, our, on one of our monitors and uh, streaming live now on Ustream. Uh, I notice that uh, you're open Tuesday through Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m., and That's you right. close Monday and holidays, so you don't let weather bother you or anything like that. You're open the rest of the year, other than yeah, holidays. we are year round. Yeah, yes, we are. Uh, obviously, sometimes the attendance kind of decrease in January and February, but no, we're, we're open year round. Well, with that, I'm going to turn it back to the to the uh, well, whatever they are, the old guys. <laughs> on the, <laughs> the old guys. The old guys. You said you were a Ford guy. What kind of Fords do you have? I have, I have a couple of old Fords too. Yeah, I, uh, when I was first married in 19, uh, I don't know, 1963, uh, uh, we bought a, a, a Thunderbird in the fall of 64. Um, I remember buying it from Ole Olson. Uh, well, yeah, I know Ole. They used to go ice fishing, you no, know. No, no, no. Yeah, Ole and I here. This guy's, and, his, and his cousin Lena. This guy's yeah. famous. Oh. Tell a story, will you? Yeah. Uh, Livernois in, in Detroit, which yep. uh, Livernois was known as, as the car street in Detroit. Yep. Uh, and uh, you know, we were young, didn't have much money, and we uh, um, bought it. I think it was $3,400, I think. And uh, um, it was going to be produced, and we went in to, uh, uh, to pick it up. And old Holy said to us, he says, oh, geez, I really had bad news. Uh, oh, oh what's, what's the news? Well, my sales manager just can't let it go for that amount of money. And uh, my wife and I looked at each other and, uh, uh, you know, just married and sort of struggling. And we looked at each other, uh, really downtrodden, and said, well, sorry. Honestly, we weren't negotiating. We just said, sorry, we, we, we can't go anymore, and turned up to walk out. And oh, Ole, in his usual used car, wait, 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 don't leave. And uh, let me talk to the sales manager again. And uh, uh, came back and says, well, the sales manager reluctantly agrees to, uh, yeah. to let it go for that amount of money. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> the car, uh, we drove it for about five years and parked it in the garage, and uh, and uh, it's one of those things that just hung around. So we've got ourselves a 1965 Thunderbird that we're the first owners to it. And, and uh, uh, my father-in-law had a 67 Thunderbird, and uh, he died, and we inherited that. So uh, wow. we have those two cars. So, uh, 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 Steve's a big lover of Thunderbirds, as he owns. Oh, oh God, I love them. So the two-seat birds. I just, just finished one for for my wife. We took it on an AACA tour in New England this year. The car did very well, but I'll tell you what, that is a hard car to mess with. That thing has been a real problem for several years. The baby birds. 
Yep. Yeah, I have a 1910 mother-in-law tee. That. Oh. I, yeah, I like the. I do. I like the old brass cars. I do a lot of brass car tours. They're a lot of fun. Well, if you have a tea, you should uh, come to Detroit and visit the Paquette plant in Detroit, uh, which is uh, the building that Henry Ford designed the tea in and uh, uh, first assembled uh, Model T's before they moved to the Highland Park plant. Uh, and that's, that's really a feature of our, our auto history in, De- in Detroit. Yeah, you got a ton of it, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got a ton of it. it. There's just so much up there. I, you can't see it in a month. You couldn't visit every place there is to go up there in a month. We've been up to Dearborn several times for antique car stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's a uh, warehouse in Ypsilanti that a bunch of car guys keep their cars in. Well, you really know it. Yes, we yeah. do. It's, uh, yeah. uh, it's a warehouse, and it's uh, the first Saturday of every month. Uh, it's open to the public and uh, usually have speakers uh, that come in and talk car stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, it's another piece of Ypsilanti auto story. Yeah. And uh, a friend of mine that was on the staff of Automobile Magazine, Larry Crane, I think, was yep. one of the guys mm-hmm. that founded that. So, yep, yep. Um, yep. Let me go back to Sports Cars Ypsilanti for a minute because I was kind of, not at the time, but later involved in the history and met Tom Payne. And David E. Davis, who founded oh, yeah. Car and Driver and then yeah. Automobile, Sold cars there. I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, I know. I know where the dealership was and all yeah. that. It was uh, on Michigan it, Avenue in downtown Ypsilanti. But no, I did not know that David E. Davis was yeah. part of that. And Carl Alley, who was had a great ad agency in in uh, uh, New York, also sold cars there. And Don Black, who was the chief engineer at Alfa Romeo in the U.S. for years, from 63 until I think he retired. Uh, in fact, he was in Harm- Far- Farmington Hills because Fiat and Alfa and Ferrari had a skunk works there for years, and Don was the parts manager there at that time. And uh, I, in fact, that's how I met Tom Payne was through Don Black. And that, that I, it backed up to the Huron River. And uh, right. yeah, and they used to just roll the cars out the back that were junk, and they went right in the river. <laughs> you can imagine how polluted that river was for a while. <laughs> so, you got to be kidding me! No, I'm dead serious. Yeah, is that this? Is that where you opened the first uh, drive drive through adult bookstore? Was that on the same road? <laughs> no, no, no. That oh. was down the street. Oh, that, okay. that was <laughs> that was over on Livernoy with the car dealers. Oh, Livernoy used to be the used car row of the world. Yep, yep, it yeah. did. Yep, and the trucks from Murray, Kentucky, would come up there and pick the cars up and take them back and recondition them and bring them back. And stop by your store on the way out. Yes. Oh, okay. On the way in too. Cause <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, story on that is, is my brother uh, was older than I was, and uh, he uh, when he got to be a, a page of wine in a car, which would have been in right after World War Two, uh, my dad took over to Livernois shopping for a car, and they bought a four-cylinder Willys, and uh, brought it home, and uh, uh, thought it was running just fine, and uh, uh, wasn't. I just remember my dad and my brother talking about it, saying, "Wow, well, 
they put some sawdust in the oil on that. That's why it was running. And they had to take the engine down and redo the engine after they got it home. And, and so there was a lot of notorious used car. You know, all the stories you hear about used car dealers. Banana, the banana peel story and you know, all that yeah. stuff. Well, and, and the cardboard <laughs> floors in the back. With the floors yeah. had rust out, and they put cardboard in really? and undercoat yeah. it. Yeah, and spray undercoat on it. <laughs> and always, everybody always turned back the odometer. Oh, yeah. One owner, yep. Lloyd Mileage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's always a reason why uh, rules or government uh, controls get put on something. And turning back uh, uh, odometers is, is one of the reasons why it's difficult to do it nowadays. The little old lady that drove it only to church every Sunday. That's all she ever drove. Yeah, the Hemi. Yeah. Yeah, the Hemi Cuda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill, a uh, couple of other things. Kaiser Fraser wise, uh, is there a Kaiser Fraser club too? Oh yeah, yeah, there is. There yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. we're we're in conversations right now with the Kaiser Fraser club. Um, you know, the Kaiser Fraser club, uh, just like uh, the Hudson people, were interested in having a home uh, that they could call home, where there would be a significant uh, uh, Hudson display. And that's led to our uh, becoming the National Hudson Museum. We're actually having the same conversations right now with the Kaiser Fraser Club. They're looking for a home. Uh, you know, we do have a, a, a very significant Kaiser okay. Fraser display already, but uh, uh, we're talking about partnering with them uh, and uh, uh, having okay. our, our um, middle building become the National Kaiser Fraser Museum. Cool. Beautiful. Hey, one thing before I know we're getting ready to go, your Corvair deal, I was thinking that might make... <laughs> Excuse me, a good story for the uh, AACA National Museum. I mean, our magazine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, when you get the particulars, can you email me the stuff and I'll pass it along to our editor? And he doesn't live far from there, and he might come over and do a feature story for our magazine on that stuff. On the May 14th event? Yeah. Yeah, hey, we'd love to do that. Uh, am I talking to Dave here? No, no this is Steve. But send it, to, send it to me. Yeah, send it to now. I'll pass it on to West. Yeah, okay. sure. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, we're thinking this is going to be a, pretty, uh, a significant major story about Corvair. Yeah, I'd love to have him come over. Bill, with that said, we're going to have to end it. We certainly thank you, and uh, we'll do this again in the near future. Uh, in the summertime or something, we'll, we'll get back with you. But we do yeah. thank you for being on today, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again and look forward to the email. You've been listening yeah. to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. Stay tuned for Food and Farm. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.